already hot. Let's see how long I can keep this jacket on. <laughs> oh, God is good as God. I hope your Christmas has been great, you know, and I can't believe it's been, you know, two days since Christmas, and here we are going to the New Year's, and so this is the final Sunday of 2020, and so uh, I hope I, uh, the Word encourages you today, but before we dive into the Word, let, it, let us uh, start with a uh, word of prayer. Lord, I come before you today, Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you, Heavenly Father, for for this year, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father, for, for uh, what, what has happened, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are in work in every single ounce and in crevices of our life, Lord Jesus. And even though we may not feel it, we may not see it, Lord, we know, Heavenly Father, that you are working. And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I ask you, Lord, right now as we dive into your word, Heavenly Father, that we just meditate on you, Heavenly Father. Use me to bring forth your, your word, Heavenly Father, as you want it to be said, nothing more and nothing less, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord. Allow it to come to us, Lord. Encourage us, uplift us, Lord. Impact our lives to move forward in the new year, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says, amen, amen. amen. We are hitting into 2021 in just a few short days. You know, Friday will be January 1st, 2021, and like we've always done, you know, we've had these year in reviews, right? We haven't, I haven't seen much uh, you know, we know what, what, the, what the year has, 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 has held over the last 12 months. And uh, let me tell you this, we have been blessed and fortunate to be here still in 2020 when you think about it, right? That's our perspective, elevate perspective. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. And I know a lot of us can't wait for 2020 to close, right? We can't wait for it to, to turn the calendar year to get January 1st, 2020. One, and we have come to the conclusion that, you know, when things go wrong in our lives, what, what, what is the saying that we say now? Well, it's 2020, right? I can only imagine like in 2030, we'd be still saying, well, that's, you know, that's so 2020, right? When, you know, things go you know, wrong is, oh, that's 2020, right? And that's how we've, we, we've looked at this year. And we never lived a year like this. And I guarantee you, we don't want to live a year like this ever again. We're at the cusp of 2021 and we're waiting with anticipation for a new chapter, a new year, a new season, a new outlook, right? But let me tell you this, our 2021 will look no different than 2020 unless we change our perspective. We have to change our perspective because if we don't change the perspective, the calendar changes, but our perspective doesn't, and therefore our 2021 crams into 2020 and it looks all the same because if we don't change our perspective, we're going to get the same thing that we've gotten in 2020. See, we can look at this year and we see a lot of things, right? A lot of things to complain about. We, I, you know, I was thinking about, about what's happened this year. I'm not going to go through all of it because you know what's gone on this year. And, and there's a lot to complain about. But let me also tell you that there's a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot to give praise for in 2020. It's all in our perspective. If we're going to complain about it or we're going to praise about it, it's how we view it. It's our perspective. Amen? It's all in our perspective. See, what we might face in 2021, whatever it may be, I believe God is calling us to elevate our perspective. You ready for 2021? You're ready to change your perspective. You're ready to change how you've been looking at things, right? And we have to look through things through the eyes of who? Of God, right? The word perspective. God's given me this sermon about six or seven months ago. He said, elevate perspective. And when we were, when I was, you know, just meditating on the word and God said, not, not yet. Not yet. All right, Lord, is this the week? Not yet. Is this the week? Not yet. 
And it was something that I was actually looking at back in, I think, April that we were thinking about, talking about perspective, elevate perspective. Perfect timing as we close the year. It's perfect timing as we close our series and elevate. God gave me a word and and gave us a word in our church beginning of 2020. He said, you know, this year is the word of elevate. And and we did the opposite, right? We shut everything down. But it's all in your perspective. Because you can look at it as we shut things down. But there was areas in our life that we grew tremendously, right? There's, there's, There's areas in our life that God has elevated us in and through our lives. And God was elevated in and through our lives this past year. And as I was preparing this week, there was several conversations I had with several different people, some family members, some not family members, some church members, and several times, I want to say it was three or four times this week that God has brought up in our conversations the word perspective. And I thought, praise God, right? Because at that point, it's a confirmation. I'll tell you what, sometimes we need confirmations, amen? And God's given us confirmation. God has given me confirmation. So what is perspective? Perspective is a particular attitude towards or way of regarding something. Perspective is also what our point of view, how we view something. Perspective is the lens you see the world through and determines how you view yourself. It determines how you view others. It determines how you view everything around you. It's your perspective. And I'll tell you what, we need a change in perspective. See, in fact, Jesus, throughout the word of God, uh, throughout the Bible, we see Jesus, right? He's, he's trying to elevate our perspective. I'm going to show you some e- e- examples this morning. One is, 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 well, two of them is found in the, the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. We see that Jesus says he did not come to what abolish the law, but he came to what fulfill the law, right? He came to, to, to fulfill the law. He came to elevate the law. And some people saw him and their perspective was Jesus is trying to abolish the law, right? Let's go out and, and let's, let's oppose him. And others were saying, no, he wasn't, right? It's all in their perspective of what they saw Jesus. And Jesus was teaching us, he was teaching us to what? Elevate perspective. He was teaching us things in the word of God. It says, listen, you need to to elevate your perspective. We see this in verse 21, chapter 5, Matthew. It says, you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. What's Jesus referring to? He's referring to the, the, the Ten Commandments, right? You shall not murder. And then he continues on and he elevates and he says, but I say, this is what he says. If you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the courts. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. What Jesus is telling us is the law of Moses was good, but he came to elevate the law of Moses. He came to fulfill the Ten Commandments. The law says you shall not kill, and everyone looks at them and says, okay, great. Guess what? I haven't killed anybody, right? Okay? If we look at them, we think everything's okay. We view for what it is. We haven't broken no commandments because, you know, the Ten Commandments, we haven't, we haven't done uh, a killing. We haven't murdered somebody. So we're okay in that department. But Jesus tells us to elevate our perspective. He says, because if you become angry with somebody, guess what? You've murdered them already. That's harsh, right? How many times have I called somebody an idiot driving down the road this week? We live in Southern California, let's be real, right? And I've cursed them. I've committed murder within my heart. Then he goes on in verse 27, he says, if you heard the command, I love how he says it, if you heard the command, right? Of course they heard the command. 
right? We all heard the command. He says, if you heard the command, he says, you must not commit adultery, okay? Again, going back to Exodus. But he says, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust already committed adultery with her in his hearts. See, we see the law in Exodus 20. We see the Ten Commandments. We like to go back and we like to check boxes. Well, I haven't done this and I've obeyed my parents. I put no, no other gods before him and I haven't committed adultery and I haven't committed murder. I, I, I got the Ten Commandments covered. And Jesus says, wait a minute. I'm going to elevate for your perspective because if you've done these things, if you've harbored ill feelings in your heart, you've already committed murder. If you hovered lustful feelings in your, in your heart, you've already committed adultery, he says. He's like, elevating your perspective. He says, it's, it's I'm time to wake up. It's time to go to the next level and realize what God is talking about, right? We always think it's, it's this, this black and white, you know, kind of thing, the Ten Commandments, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. But Jesus says, no, I came to fulfill this. And I came to elevate your perspective, to see things how I want you to see it, right? Because we, we, we put on this, 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 this fake, false, you know, masquerade per se, and think we're all good in these Ten Commandment areas. And Jesus goes, wait a minute. If you've done these things in your heart, guess what? You've done them. And let's be real. We've all done them before. I've done them before. Jesus says, elevate your perspective. It hurts. It's truth. It's the word of God. We can't argue with the word of God, right? We've all broken these commandments. Elevating our perspective is, is, is biblical. It's something that's taught throughout the word of God. This morning, I want us to go into this new year, not with the same perspective. This, this morning, I want us to go into 2021, and I know we make New Year resolution. It's not a New Year resolution type sermon. This is a life-changing type sermon because it's not about making New Year's resolutions because guess what? January 10th or 15th or 20th or February 1st, your New Year's resolution falls off. We see it every single year, right? Let's be real, right? We have these big old ambitions. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to work out. I'm going to read my word. I'm going to do these things, right? And then, then as of like the next week, it doesn't even happen no more, right? It just doesn't. Let's be real. Let's not, let's not just make, make New Year's resolutions. Let's actually make a way of living, right? A way of living to live and change our perspective of how we view things and let's start looking at, right? We don't need another lens. We need to focus on what God is trying to teach us at this particular moment. We need another perspective, amen? We need his perspective. There are three ways we can elevate our perspective. We'll be learning from the life of Paul this morning. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3. The first few verses in Colossians, and then we'll be heading to Philippians chapter 3. This morning, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writes, he says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, he says, set your sights on the realities of heaven, he says, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. The first, we've heard this before several weeks now, it's get a heavenly mindset on earthly things. We elevate perspective by getting a heavenly mindset on earthly things. We've said it, Nathania said it, I believe, back in November 1st. Get a heavenly mindset on earthly things. See, we must get a heavenly mindset on earthly things. I love how the Amplified Version says it. The Amplified Version says it this way. I'm going to go through a couple of translations of Colossians 3.1. Amplified says this, so we can get, the, get the, 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 the gist of it, get the meat of it. Amplified says this, if then... Capitalizes it. it says, if then, if, you, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. 
Paul begins with Colossians chapter 3 with a focus on how we are to live a practical Christian life. Paul says, if then, right? If then, if you have been raised with Christ. What does that mean? What what is those words, if then? He's saying, if you received new life, right? He's saying, if you've been born again. He's saying, if you receive forgiveness, if you receive grace, if you receive mercy, if you receive these things, then we have been what? Raised with Christ, right? Then we've been raised with Christ. And since we have been raised with Christ, our aim, our searching should be what? Set on heavenly things and not on what? Earthly things. If we've been raised with Christ, we've been raised with Christ. Here I have, amen. So we need to set our sights on heavenly things and not earthly things. Yes, we live in an earthly world. Yes, we are humans. But what needs to happen is we need to change our perspective off of the earthly things and on the heavenly things. Amen? It needs to be shifted. Look how the message translation puts it. It says, so if you're serious about living, someone say serious. serious. If you're serious about new 2021, right? If you're serious about this life, it says, if you're serious about living this new creation life with Christ, it says what? Act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ precedes. Act like it tell you, we need to be, become serious about living born again. We need to act like it. Amen? We need to stop living or start living like people who are redeemed. Start living like people who are set free. Start living underneath his, his, his grace and mercy that he has provided. So if he has forgiven, then forgive yourself, right? Start living in new life. It all starts by acting like it. How do we set our minds on heavenly things, from earthly things. There's four areas that we can act like it. The first one is we need to leave the tomb. Someone say leave the tomb. You got to leave the tomb. After Jesus was resurrected, what did he do? He left the tomb, right? What's in the tomb? The tomb signifies dead things. And Jesus Christ left the tomb. Amen? Amen. He left the tomb. See, when we ask Jesus into our lives, there needs to be a shift in our life. And not only in our life, but there needs to be a shift in our perspective. Right? Sometimes we walk around and we say, yeah, I'm saved, but I like to hold on to the old garbage. He's saying, listen, leave the tomb. Leave the garbage. Leave it behind. Walk into the new lights. We can't move forward with dead things. It doesn't work. Right? It does not work. Leave those things that are dead in your life and walk in the life that God has called you. 2 Corinthians 5.17 is our what? It's our scripture for our church, right? Our church is scripture. And the scripture tells us that what anyone belonging in Christ is a what? New creation. What does it say? So the dead things are gone and the old things are what? New, right? See, our slogan is live the life. So we have to what? Start acting like we what? Left the tomb. Leave the tomb. That's what Colossians 3 tells us. We need to leave the tomb, start living life, resurrected with Christ. Let me tell you, you cannot be new if you are still laying in your coffin. You can't be new if you're still in your tomb, right? You're still dead. You're dead. 
And Jesus came to give us life, and he gave us more what? Life more abundantly, right? He didn't say, you know what? I, I rescued you. I died for you. I saved you to stay in your dead spots in life. He didn't say, I rescued you, and I raised you to new life to stay where you're at in your garbage and in your tomb. He said, get out. I raised you, I raised you to life. Therefore, we must, just like he did, raise to life. How do we get heavenly mindset on earthly things? The second one is we need to minister to others. You know, church, if we don't minister to others, then who's going to minister? I'm not talking about others as in your brothers and sisters in Christ, right? You can minister to them, but you know what? We need to minister to this world because this world needs help, a lot of it, right? This, need, this world is searching for love. This world is, is searching to fill a void, and there's only one place that's found that. And I'm going to tell you, it's found in, in, in the body of Christ. That's it. There's a, there's a perfect-sized hole. There's a God-sized hole in everyone's uh, life, and they, they try to fill it with so much garbage. And there's one spot, and that's for God. Minister to others. Jesus not only left the tomb, but what did he do? He went after he left the tomb. He what? He resurrected and he, 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 he ministered for others. We have it written in the gospels for 40 days before he ascended into heaven. Amen. See, sometimes we live a life with a mindset of we can't be of any help for anybody. I'm wounded. I'm broken. I'm imperfect. I have scars. I have a story. I have a past. I'm hurt. I'm going through things. How can I help anybody when I'm going through things on my own? I just need to, to focus on myself and not focus on, the, on anybody else right now. If we all had that mindset, no one would be saved. Right? If we're all waiting to become perfect, guess what? Keep waiting because it's never going to happen. Sorry. He pops your bubble right there. See, Jesus could have said that. You know, I find it interesting Jesus was raised to life. But what if Jesus said, you know what, God? I still got holes in my hands and a hole in my side. I got scars. I can't minister to somebody with scars. What if Jesus said that? See, and we have the story of the doubting Thomas, where, where Thomas said, I wanted to see his holes in his hands and in his side. And Jesus shows up and he says, hey, Thomas, feel my hands, Right? Jesus was raised to life, but Jesus still had his scars. Jesus had those scars because what it was, it was a testimony. It was his testimony. The scars in our lives, right? We, we, we think about them and say, well, I can't, I can't help anybody out, but that's your testimony, right? If Jesus sat on the side and says, hey, listen, God, I'm not fully healed because I got holes in my hands and a hole in my side. I can't go out and heal anybody else. If Jesus Christ did that, we would be, be screwed, right? He didn't. He said, hey, listen, I'm going to rock the holes in my hand, right, in my side, and I'm going to say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to heal people. I'm going to uh, raise the, the dead. I'm going to heal people. I got 40 days. That's it. I have 40 days. I'm going to minister to others, even with my scars, because it was his testimony. Don't, don't discount your testimony. Don't discount and says, hey, listen, I'm not a perfect human being. Guess what? None of us are perfect. And we'll see this in just a moment. See, we can start changing our perspective by ministering to others. Say, yeah, you know what? I'm broken just like you, but I found a savior. Let me introduce you to him. Amen. Going back to Colossians 3.1, since we are raised with Christ, we must start living a new life. 
which is each of us are called to what? Minister. We're called to minister. Maybe not from a pulpit. Maybe it's from your own pulpit, right? Maybe it's from the grocery store. Maybe it's from the pulpit of your desk. Or maybe it's from the pulpit of your phone or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it may be. Guess what? We, each one of us are called to minister. How do we get heavenly mindset and earthly things? The third one is we need to live in his power. We have to live in his power. See, after Jesus resurrected from the dead, he what continued doing what supernatural things, right? He continued doing what we view, let me, let me tell you, that what we view as the impossible, and what we view as the impossible. This is where we need to get a shift in our perspective because as long as we view it as the impossible, guess what? It's the impossible. As long as we view it and look at Jesus and say, well, Jesus did it and I can't do it, guess what? You're absolutely right. Jesus did it and you can't do it. Why? Because it's our perspective. Amen? As long as you view the, your problem as impossible, guess what? Your problem is impossible. As long as you view it that that wall can't be, be busted through or that ceiling be busted through, guess what? It's impossible. We need to change our perspective, right? Proverbs tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So how do we get a heavenly mindset and earthly things? We need to, what, change our perspective. Our perspective needs to change that since we are raised with Christ, follow me with this one, since we are raised with Christ, we now have the same spirit that resides in Christ because what is it? It is the Holy Spirit. So with the things that Jesus Christ has done, if we need to start viewing them as possibilities because the Bible says that if it was done through him, it is also with us through the Holy Spirit, amen? But if he said, oh, that can't happen no more. Well, that, that was this New Testament stuff. Well, guess what? Then believe it because it's New Testament stuff. You ain't going to be able to do it. Let me tell you this. I look forward, right, when God uses me in a very, very mighty way. We've all had those inter interactions with somebody, and we're like, wow, God. He says the power and work through you, right? It's not you. It's not me. It's the power of Christ that resides in me, and Christ lives in each one of us. And therefore, like his word says, we can do greater things. Amen? But if you believe it, oh, no, that's just, that's just Jesus talking. Okay, then that's just Jesus talking because that's your perspective on it. Don't expect nothing else. If you don't believe it, change your perspective because that's the word of God tells us. The fourth is we need to look to heaven. Look what Jesus did. He looked to heaven. He realized this world is not, he, he wasn't a citizen of this world, right? He had one mission. It was focused on heaven. Since we're raised with Christ, our citizenship is not of this earth, but it's what? It's in heaven. Amen? You must remember that Jesus said they rejected him first. He said they hated me first. Right? It's temporary. Temporary place. And our goal is to what? To take as many people to heaven with us. That's our goal. Heaven mindset. Look to heaven. Second thing to elevate our perspective, going back to uh, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 2, is to think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, as Paul says. For you die to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. The second key to elevate perspective is to seek God, stop seeking after your issue. We got to seek God and stop seeking after our issues. 
Paul continues on in Colossians 3, and he tells us to think about the things of heaven, not the earthly things. The, the message translation says, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. It says, look up, be alert to what is going on around Christ. He said, that's where the action is, right? See things from his perspective. How can we see things through God's perspective? We have to stop focusing on the things that are around us, that are happening in our world. We, you know, we can be aware of it, but that does not need to be where your focus lies at. That has been our focus in 2020, has been with the, the, with the, what, what, what's going on in the world, what is going on in America, what is going on in our own communities. And that has been our focus, right? And we have been focused on heavenly things. See, we start seeking, we start seeing things from his perspective when we start seeking after him. When we start seeking after him, let me tell you this, you're gonna seek after one or the other. You're gonna seek after the pandemic. You're gonna seek after your issues. You're gonna seek after your problems or you're gonna seek after God. One or the other, you're gonna do. Our issue in 2020 is we have let our worries become our God. Our 2020, we have let COVID-19 become our God. Uh, and, and, and whatever the issue may be, you can fill in the blank. We have allowed our issues and our problems to become our God. And let me tell you, I'm warning you right now, if we don't change our perspective heading into the new year, you're going to let your worries, your concerns, your problems become your God in the following year if you do not change your perspective now. Now. Amen? It's Now. Instead of seeking after God, as Paul wrote, we have become consumed with searching after our issues. And those issues have now become our God. Paul instructs us, he says, he says, think about things of heaven. Think about things of heaven. If our mind is on earthly things, we're going to think about what? Earthly things. We're going to think about troubles. We're going to think about issues. We're going to think about problems. We're going to think about pandemics. We're going to think about all these things, okay? And yeah, we should think, you know, to a certain extent, but when you dwell on it, guess what? That becomes your God. When you speak about it more than you speak about God, guess what becomes your God? And we've done that. I found myself doing that, speaking more about what's going on in the world than speaking about God. Worrying concerns and, and worry about what's going on, what we've went, been, uh, gone through in this year, and that has what taken place of my worship. And it's become my concern, and it's become my God. We gotta change perspectives, change gears, right? When you find yourself concerned about your worries, say, you know what, I'm gonna start worshiping instead, right? I'm gonna start praying instead. I'm gonna start searching after God instead, instead of searching after my issue, my problems, my troubles, whatever it may be. The Bible's clear. We are to take our issues, our worries, our concerns, and we need to what? Cast them upon him because why? He cares for us. Amen? Because if we continue to seek our issues and our worries, guess what? There's no place for God. You ever sat there you know, before and, and, and sat there and just you know, meditated on your problems and your worries? 
Next thing you know, an hour passed, and two hours passed, and three hours passed, and you're like, oh, I got to go cook dinner, and go cook dinner, and I got to get the kids a bath, and go get the kids a bath, and you're like, oh, man, it's 1030 at night. Uh, let me watch the nightly news for a minute, and then you got more worries and troubles, you know, after watching the news, right? And then you go to bed at 1130 thinking about, oh, my goodness, there's been 20% of, you know, positive cases of COVID-19, and next thing you know, you fall asleep, and where's God at in your life? Because you've been consumed with so much that we've what? We've, we've, we've exited God out of our life with our worries and our concerns because he has no space any longer. Change in our perspective. God wants us to seek him out in every aspect of our lives. Look what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4.18. He says, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. We don't look at the troubles we can see now. He says, rather, what do we do? He says, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. Someone say hallelujah on that. For the things we see now will soon be gone, he says, right? He says, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will what? Last forever. Amen? Let me tell you this. No matter what you're facing right now, I don't care what it is. No matter what you're facing right now, how big it is, how terminal it is, the doctors might have given you, you know what, you got six months to live. We're going through a pandemic. Everybody's getting sick. There's death all around us. It, could, it looks like it, 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 the, the whole world's ending. But let me tell you, it is all temporary compared to God. No matter what you're facing right now, it might be the biggest issue of your life. You may not be able to fix it. It may be the biggest thing, the most catastrophic thing in your life, but let me tell you, it is temporary compared to eternal life with Christ. Amen? Paul's encouraging us. He, he's challenging us. He says, hey, church, where's your gaze at? What are you looking at? Where's your aim at? Where's your eyes fixed on? You know, is it temporary? Is it eternal? As I've gotten you know, older in my life, I'm not, not that old, although Austin and Alec called me old last night. Uh, <laughs> I told him in 40, someone, someone passed at 41, and I said, man, that's not that old. He goes, well, it's because you're approaching it very fast. That's why. Like, yeah, I know it's not. <laughs> when I'm 70, I'm like, oh, 70 is not that old, right? But when you look at temporary things, right, we look at temporary things so much. Or do we look at the eternal thing? Do we look at God or do we look at what is temporary? I'll tell you what, let's be, let's be like Joshua. In, in Joshua 24, verse 15, he says, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served be, uh, beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live in? And this is our declaration. He says, But as for me and my family... For me and mine, he says what? We will serve the Lord. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You have a choice today. Who are you going to serve? Is it going to be the temporary things of this world? Is it going to be your problems and your issues and your troubles? Or are you going to serve the everlasting God? Amen. We have a choice. What are we going to serve? We're going to serve the God of this world or we're going to serve the God that's over this world? Who are we going to serve? Are we going to serve the temporary or are we going to serve the eternal? One of us, we're going to choose to serve one or the other. What are we going to serve? Will you seek after your issues or the God that rules your issues? Let's be the people who stand up. And you know what? Regardless of what 2021 may, may hold, it doesn't matter what it will hold. 
we need to change our perspective and say, listen, regardless of what happens, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Me and my house, we'll continue pushing forward. Me and my house, we're going to continue seeking after God. Me and my house, we're going to go after God full-fledged. Or are we going to look at the temporary? The only way that can happen is if we change perspectives. Jump with me to Philippians, um, um, yeah, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. And Paul again says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But he says, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Continues on, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Look what Paul says. Forgetting the past. Someone say forget the past. And look forward to what lies ahead. Say look forward. Forget the past. Look forward, he says. I press on to reach the end of the race. Receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. The third key to elevate perspective is forget yesterday and start moving forward today. Forget yesterday. Start moving forward today. Paul gives us more insight of how to elevate perspective. He says, forget about what? Yesterday. Forget about yesterday and start moving forward in today. See, we can look at what we've lost this year, and some of us have lost a lot this year. We can look at all the things we've lost this year. We can look at, you know what? This year has possibly changed the way that we're going to live life for many years to come, if not forever, right? And we can allow this year to hold us back. We can allow yesterday to hold us back. And we can be full, move forward today. See, Paul tells us he hasn't reached perfection. We got to understand this is Paul. He's, he's, he's the author of majority of the New Testament. This is Paul. And Paul says, you know what? Listen, I haven't reached perfection, he says, right? He says, you know, I, I, it, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm shooting for perfection, but I haven't reached perfection, right? We all shoot for perfection. Let me tell you what, none of us, well, I'm going to say none of us, Maybe one day we'll have a Paul up in here, right? Amen, right? And none of us will reach perfection. Paul didn't reach perfection. None of us will reach perfection. Even the most mature Christian who says they reached perfection at that point, lie to you. <laughs> they're no longer perfect, right? <laughs> and their own saying that they are perfect, they're not. And we're guilty of looking at other people's lives and saying, you know what? That person has it all together. You know, that pastor has it all together. That, that, that leader has it all together, right? We see people on tele, televangelists, oh, they have it all together. Their life is just so perfect. They've reached perfection. The biggest flaw we can have is holding on to yesterday, not working, not, not, not looking forward to, to, to today. Perfection doesn't happen. It's a process, Paul gives us this insight. Verse 13, Paul says, he says what? Forget the past. Look forward to what lies ahead. And you may be thinking this morning, how do I forget the past when I've lost so much? When I have scarred and carrying around weight and I feel like I can't go on even further. Paul realized he hasn't arrived. Paul realized he wasn't perfect. But Paul realized that he still had a ministry to, to continue and Paul says this, he says, I press on. I have one option, to press on. 
We have one option to press on. We have one option, right? And at that point, it's not even an option. It's to continue. Paul, there's no turning back for Paul. Let me tell you, as much as we say, you know, 2019 didn't look too bad, there's no going back. 2020 for some was horrible. 2020 for some was all right. There's no going back, right? We could say praise God to that one. <laughs> but what's going to move on is 2021. We need to be like Paul to press on. Jesus gives us his warning. This was, I found this big this week. Luke 9, 62, Jesus says, but Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. This is Jesus' response to a man who wanted to follow Jesus. And he says, Jesus, I want to follow you, but, right, is that word Nathaniel talked about earlier, but I got to go back and say goodbye. But I, I, I got to go back. I got to go back. And Jesus tells him, listen, you are unfit for the kingdom of God because he wanted to go back. He wanted to go back. Now that sounds harsh, but what Jesus was seeing, uh, uh, teaching is there is no looking back. All there is is pressing forward. There is no looking back. In those days, a farmer would plow their fields, and how they would plow their fields was they would find an object, and they would start the plow and say the object's to the left here, and they would look at an object in front of them to the right. They would start out here plowing. This was their starting point. But once they started, there was no looking back to this point any longer. What the, what the plower did was continued looking at this object over here and continued plowing to make that straight line. And if, if, the, if, if the plower decided to look back as they were plowing, they lost contact in their sights. They lost their goal. They lost their aim. At that point, they're looking back plowing, and guess what happens? They no longer have a straight line. They no longer have, have that, that plumb line that they're trying to achieve. And the same thing goes for us in our life. So many times we start out somewhere, and we're going through life, and we have our aim, and we start it, right? We start every, every new year just like that. We have our aim, and we aim for something, and then we start looking back, and next thing you know, we're going to the left, and going to the right. And our line is no longer straight because we've weaved in and out of it because we've lost sight, because we're too busy looking behind us instead of looking in front of us. You ever drive your car looking through the rearview mirror? You can get an accident, right? We do that with life. We look back in the rearview mirror of life and say, oh, those are the good old days. And what we're doing is we're passing it up and we're running into things, we're running into objects and we're getting ourselves into issues. Why? Because we've taken our, our, our sights off the prize. We've taken our sights off God and then we wonder why we get into accidents we've been driving facing the rearview mirror, right? Rearview mirror is a great thing. It's a great point of, of, of view of, of seeing what's behind us, but we don't drive looking through the rearview mirror. We drive what? Looking out the front window, right? And so many times we have not looked out the front window in life and we wonder what's going on. Why am I in trouble? Why am I uh, facing this? Because we have taken our sights off of the prize. And Paul says, hey, listen, you need to continue pressing forward, pressing on. Forget about what's behind you. You left that yesterday. You left that last year. God has taken it off your plate. God has, 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 has came in and has cleaned your house, right? Stop looking from the, from the back because the, I'm in the front. And so many times we don't look at the front. We continue uh, going back and reminiscing of the good old times behind us. 
That's done and over with. Our sights can be fixated on who? On the price, on Christ. We elevate our perspective when we keep our eyes fixed upon the prize. And who is that price? It's Christ, right? We leave it, the old. We leave 2020 behind. We press on. And I'm telling you what, if you're aiming for 2021 and that's your sights, you're going to fail. Reason being is there's one prize, and that is Christ. And if you set your sights on Christ, no matter what comes from the left or to the right, it will not, it, 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 may, it may cause destruction, it may cause harm, whatever it may be, but you know what? You can keep pressing on. Why? Because your eyes are fixed on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me tell you, we can't walk forward in 2021 when we're still sitting back in 2020 or 2019, right? Some of us have have retreated back. We've gone backwards, right? So, <laughs> we've gone on our phones and, and went backwards, right, over the year. Let me tell you, we got to get our eyes fixed on Christ. Amen? My challenge to you this morning, as we walk into the new year, let's elevate our perspective. You ready? Amen. I tell you what, I'm not, I'm not looking to come into 2021 and say, oh, yeah, you know what, we'll just carry over, Right? Because you guarantee you, January 1st, 2020, when you, uh, 2021, you turn the news, COVID's still going to be there, right? Your problems, right? Your bills are still going to be there. And you open up your mailbox, right? You get the delinquent notice, you owe rent, whatever it may be, still going to be there, right? So what do we do? And at that point, we just want to give up and crawl underneath a, a tree somewhere in our ball and just give up. Well, then where's our sights at? On, on, on the bill, the notification, the phone call, the text message you just got? Or is it on Christ? And so many times we need to adjust our perspective because I've been guilty of it myself. Look at, get, you know, answer the phone and I'm, I don't answer this call or I see a text, I don't want to answer that text or, or something comes in the mail or email or someone knocks on the door and you're like, oh God, is there anything else that can go wrong, right? Well, we keep on looking at what's going wrong instead of looking at God over the solution. And that's who we need to focus on. Change the perspective, amen? Stand with me as I close in prayer this morning. See, we can look at 2021 as a year that God can work, amen? And if, and if you realize and if you see that God hasn't worked in 2020, let me tell you, you need a, 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 an adjustment. You need a perspective because let me tell you, a few months ago, it was just me and Austin in here and all you guys were at home and a lot of you guys are still at home, right? And that's okay. And, we're, and guess what? But we've impacted uh, we, get, we, get, we get messages from Pakistan. We got messages from Russia. You know, it's amazing. This, this little church at 9030 Sierra Avenue, and you got Russians emailing us, you know, and I don't even know half the, half the language it comes in half the time, right? But it says and such pastor, and they're just, you know, hey, praise God for your ministry. That is awesome. And to think, you know what, that have never been, not at this particular point in our ministry, would that, that have happened without a pandemic. Let me tell you, change your perspective. Amen? Change your perspective. You may think, well, I'm stuck at home. Well, guess what? Now you have time with your kids, right? You always wanted time with your kids. Now you want to leave your kids, right? I got to change my perspective sometimes. Change your perspective, right? We got to change our perspective. Amen? Heavenly Father, I come before you today, Lord. 
I ask you, Heavenly Father, that as we move into this new year, Lord, in this new season, Heavenly Father, that we don't just look at it as another calendar year change, Heavenly Father, but we set our sights on you, Heavenly Father. I pray, Heavenly Father, that some of us need to change our perspective, Lord. Some of us need to see you in a new light, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that need a, a new perspective, which is every single one of us, Lord, including myself, Heavenly Father, that you will meet us right where we are at, Heavenly Father, whether it be here, whether it be home, Heavenly Father. I pray right now, Lord, that you give us a new perspective, Heavenly Father, every single day that you give us air in our lungs, Heavenly Father, and a beat in our heart, Heavenly Father. I pray that we live that day, Lord, with a new perspective, Heavenly Father. We walk in your grace and your mercy that you bestowed upon us for that particular day, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that we don't look at life as just another day, Heavenly Father, or another number, Lord, another year, another month change, Heavenly Father, another season, Lord. But we will look at it, Heavenly Father, as you've given us blessings for today, Heavenly Father. You have given us and put us on this earth for an impact for today, Lord Jesus. Let us have people, let us be people that are impactful, Lord, for the world around us, Heavenly Father. And I thank you for that, Lord. Wake us up, Lord, every single morning from this morning on, Lord, with a new perspective, a new outlook, Lord, a new season, Heavenly Father. Whether it be needs to, needs to happen a day by day, Lord, hour by hour, minute by minute, Lord, I ask you, Heavenly Father, that you put us in focus, Lord. You, put, you, 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 you give us a new perspective in what you want to accomplish in and through your church, Heavenly Father. As a corporate body, Heavenly Father, and as an individuals, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, in areas in our lives that need to be convicted, Lord, convict us, Heavenly Father. Areas that need to be shifting, Lord, shift us, Heavenly Father. Allow us to see it through the lens of Christ. We thank you for that, Lord. Lord, keep us safe this week, Heavenly Father, as we enter in this new year. Allow us to enter it, Heavenly Father, with a new vision, new perspective on you, Lord. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. If you need prayer, come on, come up, come, come up, come up. There we go. If uh, not, God bless you. And uh, uh, you at home, if you need prayer, text us, give us a call. God bless you. And Happy New Year. the king.